To another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, also known as Binwabask, for another week of Seinfeld goodness. And we talk about the secondary and minor characters of this wonderful show. And every week we talk about a particular episode and their characters. And uh, yeah, we have a pretty good time doing it. Yeah, indeed. It is uh, it is quite fun. And this is our ninth episode of our second season. Or our tenth? I think our ninth. Ninth. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we're talking about season five, episode 17 today, The Wife. Indeed. Featuring Courtney way, Cox. Yes. And uh, as well as Courtney Cox, I'm Stephen. And I'm Ivan. Yeah. Uh, yes. What are we going to do today, Stephen? What, what is it we normally do before we get into Seinfeld news? What do we tell the listeners and remind them if they love us and they want to subscribe to us and they want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, where do they go? We... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We <laughs> have a presence on social media. Yes, we sure uh, do. Our handle is Bidwabask, uh, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. We've got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, we sure do. A website as well, bidwabask.com. And most importantly, we're available on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to listen, subscribe, spread the word and review us, that would be uh, amazing. Very good, very good. Let's get into it, Stephen. Seinfeld News. Indeed. So the biggest news of the last week, uh, quite unfortunate, uh, our much-loved hero, uh, one of our core four, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who plays Elaine uh, on the show, she tweeted out uh, last Thursday, being the 29th of September, that she had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. Very sad, isn't it? Yeah, really sad, really unfortunate. And she was diagnosed one day after she won her Emmy. I know, what a, what a low after such a high. She broke uh, some records at the Emmys a few yeah. weeks ago. Um, the next day, she obviously had a had an appointment and was given the bad news. Mm. Um, her tweet said, one in eight women get breast cancer. Today, I'm the one. The good news is that I have the most glorious group of supportive and caring friends and uh, fantastic insurance through my union. Yes. Yeah. So her tweet said, uh, one in eight women get breast cancer. Today, I'm the one. The good news is that I have the most glorious group of supportive and caring friends and fantastic insurance through my union. Mm. The bad news is that not all women are so lucky. So let's fight all cancers and make universal health care a reality. Yay. So, yeah, not, not just a tweet to announce her, her sad news um, to illustrate some larger issues there. Um, and like we said, it was diagnosed the day after the Emmy. So such an emotional roller coaster for her. Awesomely, though, she did receive a huge amount of support from uh, the entertainment industry, uh, and most notably her, her former co-star, Jason Alexander, who plays uh, George yeah, yeah. In, uh, in Seinfeld. He said to her uh, via Twitter... Uh, so sorry you have to go through this, pal, uh, but I know you will prevail. We're here if and when you need us, and we love you. Um, and she was actually tweeted by the former First Lady and uh, former Democratic uh, presidential nominee, yes, uh, Hillary Clinton. What um, happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's her new book. Yeah, what happened? What What the fuck? <laughs> um, and also uh, some other celebrities who've previously battled uh, breast cancer, including Christina, La- Christina Applegate mm. and Robin Roberts. So... Our hearts and positive energy go out to Julia, and we wish you a speedy recovery. Yes, we wish you well, Julia, and uh, we hope you can beat this damn thing. Indeed, indeed. So I, I'm guessing that she got it early, and I hope that you know she can crush it. 
Yes. Yeah. So on to more, I guess, more positive news. Um, because of Jerry before Seinfeld being a recent release, and we actually did a review of that last week. It was our B episode uh, for episode 27 yeah. uh, of the podcast. Mm. Uh, we Yeah, we did a bit of a review of Jerry before, Se- before Seinfeld. So go back and have a listen if you want to know what we thought of it. For sure. It only goes for about 11 minutes, 12 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah not, not a huge amount of time to dedicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Jerry's on the promotional trail uh, plugging, the, plugging the special. Um, and he's also talking about the forthcoming season of uh, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which I believe will come out next year on Netflix. Yes. Um, as part of his promotional, um, I guess, tour, you could say, he was interviewed at length by Howard Stern on his radio show. Um, and he revealed a few really interesting things, um, obviously about Seinfeld. Um, he said that uh, Elaine wasn't the first choice for the role um, in the audition process. And that two actresses, two well-known actresses, so Megan Mullally and Karen Walker, who plays Grace, Will and Grace. Um, oh, sorry, no, she doesn't play Grace. She no, plays, she doesn't play Grace. No, she plays. Um, I think, wasn't it Will's secretary? Yeah, I, I th- forgot her name. I think so. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. her character name, but she's got the high pitch, the high pitch voice, annoying but, kind of voice. But even if she was Elaine, she wouldn't have had that high pitch voice. Yeah. No. Nah. I don't know how genuine that is, or whether it's put on for the show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, both of them auditioned, and uh, Jerry liked both of them. And if I guess if uh, if Julia didn't audition, one of them probably would have gotten the role. Would have been very interesting. And what if there was a like in an alternative universe or an mm. alternate universe? Julia Louis got the role in Will and Grace. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. That'd be weird. Awkward. That would be really weird. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he also said that uh, Rosie O'Donnell was a contender. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Donald, Donald Trump wouldn't have watched the show. Probably not. I don't think he's a, he's a fan of Rosie. No, and likewise. Yeah. Vice versa. In, indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Rosie's closer to Elaine's character in some ways than... Um, than I guess Karen Walker or Megan would be. Mm. She's a bit more, I guess, abrasive, or she just puts up with less shit. Yeah, I yeah. think I can I can see her closer to Elaine than the other two. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Based yeah. on based on what they've acted in, um, I think she's just a bit more not not harsh, but I don't know. She just takes less shit, and yeah. Elaine doesn't take much shit. But Rosie O'Donnell, she ended up going into Roseanne. I think uh, wasn't she in Roseanne? No, that was Roseanne Barr. No, no, but wasn't Rosie O'Donnell in it no. as well? She had like, her own talk show. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Did she act she, in a sitcom after that? I thought she did. Why don't you look that up? I will look at that while, while you continue with the news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and he he basically said that you know they were all contenders and they were tossing them all up, but as soon as he saw Julia's audition, the role basically went straight to her she mm. she just she beat them all yeah, um yeah. and interestingly he also shot down a theory that paul schaefer who's sort of letterman's sidekick and i think he's his band leader as well yeah basically just a perpetual suck up to <laughs> to letterman uh, uh, for, for years for decades schaefer has actually said in interviews here and there that he was offered the role of george um <laughs> even though that's never been proven it's a it's an unproven claim he's made but he's he's continued with that claim year after year after year in interviews and such that would have been funny yeah and um uh Seinfeld actually said that's not true he was never he was never offered the role he didn't even audition like he was never <laughs> never part of that process at all ever yeah he could have made George a musician in the show yeah 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 that <laughs> would have been, been interesting that would have been cool actually like if he yeah was sort of a an out of work musician yeah I don't know they could have had fun with that mm. yeah yeah, so it's just interesting that someone just made up something. It wasn't like a misunderstanding where he thought he was auditioning and I don't know. Like that's that's a pretty dumb thing to do. Yeah. Especially in the entertainment industry where information is, you know, like I don't know. And lucky we got Jason Alexander. 
out of all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it all worked out well in the end, but just really interesting and kind of silly that he would make those claims. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the same interview, he actually uh, talked about comedians and cars getting coffee, which uh, I think, as I said, next year will air its 10th season on oh, Netflix. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, and he revealed some of the stars that will, will, um, will appear in the next season. So Dave Chappelle. Uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Kate McKinnon, who's a regular Saturday Night Live Saturday Night Live uh, cast member. Dave Chappelle, that'd be an interesting one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got a bit more information about that. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, last week, um, Chappelle and uh, Jerry were seen filming the episode for next year's season. Um, they were filming at a diner in Washington D.C. Yeah. Um, and apparently that the car, the car that they were using, it was a Citroen coupe. Um, it broke down, and uh, the two crew members. Uh, oh, sorry, two crew members for the show had to um, try and give it a push. They couldn't get it push started, so they actually asked just a sort of a bystander, probably eating at the cafe or something, <laughs> to um, to jumpstart the engine, oh, and they boy. finally drove off. Nice. Yeah, but there's some photos online and stuff if you just type in, you know, Chappelle Seinfeld or something into Google. There'll be um, something. Yeah, there's just some, uh, some, some di- you know, fellow diners have taken some cheeky photos of them filming <laughs> and eating at this, uh, at this diner in Washington. Nice. Finally, and I really like this one actually, Paste Magazine, which is sort of a culture culture magazine, they claim to have the biggest live recording archive on the planet. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think it goes back to like the 40s. Most of it's digitized now. Yeah, of course. Well, you think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And they... uh, Yeah, what what do they do? Yeah, they also claim to have one of the biggest comedy archives as well. And what do they have of Jerry's? Yeah, so they've released a, a one and a half minute clip from a set. Um, from 1987. It was him performing uh, for the Live at the Improv uh, series. Um, yeah, so if you just go to their website and if you just type in, I guess, Jerry Seinfeld or something, he, he jokes about cats and dating. It's it's a bit underwhelming, but it's it's a fun little, you know, uh, clip of, of Jerry in his, I guess, comedy prime before he hit it big with the show. Not dating cats, as in cats dating. No, 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 no. Cat, two separate topics, cats yeah. and dating. And dating. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess you could combine those. No, you, you could. could. You know, cat lovers dating each other or something. <laughs> Catlovers.com. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it exists. You want to get pussy? This is the website. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Catatonic. Catatonic. <laughs> oh. oh. Here we go. Subscribers anyway. just go. Yeah, yep. Uh, so we'll, I'll put a link to that um, to that clip in our show notes for the podcast. Yes. And that's all the Seinfeld news this week. Excellent. Good work, Stephen. And when we come back, we're going to go to Season 5, Episode 17, The Wife. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Honey, what'd you do with the can opener? I didn't do anything with it. Well, it's not here. It was here yesterday. It's in the first drawer. I'm looking in the first drawer. It's not here. Yes, it is. Hey, I'm not stupid. I'm looking in that drawer. There's no can opener. Did I say you were stupid? Well, wouldn't I have to be? And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much-beloved television show, Seinfeld. And you're with Stephen. And you're with Ivan. And this week we're talking about the Season 5 episode. Some would say a classic, maybe because of the actress uh, that we'll talk about in a bit, uh, The Wife. The Wife, yes. I don't think it's a classic episode itself, mm. but I did enjoy Courtney Cox's character. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I guess her uh, being cast as uh, Jerry's episode girlfriend raised the profile of the episode. 
Yeah. If she wasn't cast, I don't think it would be as well known. Yes. Yeah. And it's very funny because it was actually Courtney Cox. She was actually about to begin filming a little show called Friends. Yeah, I believe it was. This show aired eventually two weeks before um, before Friends started. Before in Friends 94, started. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And uh, Friends would become one of the most popular sitcoms ever made. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. And you have a bit of a theory about. Uh, Courtney Cox's character, Monica, and also a bit about the uh, the Friends and Seinfeld universe, which we'll get into in a sec. Yeah, it's not actually my theory. No, it's, no, 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 no. Sorry, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a well-known, I guess, theory that's been floating around for years, and that is that Mad About You, Seinfeld, and Friends all are uh, set in the same universe. Mm. And there's quite a bit of, uh, I guess, evidence to support that idea, but there's quite a few uh, bits and pieces that counter that idea too. So um, the, I guess the first thing is that uh, they're all set in New York, um, Mad About You aired from 92 to 99, Friends 94 to 04, and Seinfeld 89, late 89 to 98. Mm. Um, so there is a four or five year crossover period where they're all sort of coexisting. Yeah. Um, th- I guess the strongest, um, well, it, sorry, I'll, I'll correct myself as well. So Mad About You and Friends have been, like, they were set in the same universe. Of it's course. Been, it's, it's definitive. Yeah, because so. Kramer's in one of the episodes. Exactly, yeah. As in a cameo, yeah. Yeah, he makes yeah. an appearance. And in that episode, Paul, uh, is it Paul? Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser, yes. Yeah, yeah, so he, yeah. he plays, uh, his character is Paul. Paul, In yeah. the show. And then Helen Hunt plays his missus. Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he has a chat to Kramer. They're in the same apartment building. And Paul actually mentions the comedian across the hall. Mm. So obviously referencing Jerry there, but yeah. not by name. Yeah. Um, but the strongest thing to support the idea that uh, Mad About You and Friends are in the same universe is that Ursula, who plays Phoebe's twin sister in Friends, yeah, um, uh, evil twin sister, I should say, That's she right. worked at a diner called Riffs, which is uh, featured in Mad About You from time to time. Yeah. And also um, Phoebe, uh, sorry, uh, Paul and Jamie make an appearance at Central Roast, which is the, the coffee shop in Friends. In Friends, yeah. Yeah, and when they when they turn up to the coffee shop, they see Phoebe because she used to hang out there a lot. Yeah. And they mistake her for Ursula, who's in Mad About You a lot. <laughs> and because Phoebe is a bit of a space cadet, she sort of goes along with it. She's not really sure <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to be kind there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love her, but she's, uh, yeah, her, her head's maybe on another planet. Bit of a dingus. <laughs> bit of a lovable dingus. dingus. Indeed. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I yeah. guess, but yeah, so they're, they're, they're sort of things that support the idea that they all share the same universe. But the, the biggest thing to, to um, I guess, to negate the idea that, that Seinfeld and Mad About You shared the same universe was the fact that in an episode, I can't remember which, George and Susan actually watch an episode of Mad About of You. Of Mad About You, yeah, yeah, which is a bit meta. Yeah, which would be <laughs> two layers of meta. Like, yeah. it's in the same universe, but it's also a show they watch. And mm. yeah, George, just, I'm watching Mad About You. Yeah, exactly. And also the fact that in this episode, Courtney Clock, Clocks. Courtney Clock. Clocks. Courtney Clocks. She's very, uh, very timely. Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> quite a punctual person. Oh, she sure is. Yep, yep. <laughs> if you um, if you make another terrible pun, I'll clock you. Oh, <laughs> not if it's you first. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously she plays uh, Jerry's girlfriend, who we'll talk about soon yeah. uh, in this episode. And she also she also plays Monica in Friends. She does. But there is an idea as well on that. <laughs> yeah, this, this is you really told me this, this is complicated. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right? This so that's sort of like the official theory if, if you call it that yeah but there are there you know it goes deeper with fan theories as it normally does <laughs> i did see i think it was on reddit or on a message board when i was researching this yeah that someone proposed the idea and it's not too far-fetched that because in this episode um and again we'll talk about this in a bit more detail later so it makes it'll make a bit more sense when we do mm. 
Courtney Cox plays Meryl in this episode. That is her character name. That's right. And in this episode, Meryl pretends to be Jerry's uh, wife to get a discount on dry cleaning. So this person online proposed the idea that if Meryl as a character is prepared to pretend to be a wife, it is kind of feasible that maybe Monica, her character in Friends, is pretending to be Meryl Mm. in Seinfeld. Mm. And for some reason is stringing Jerry along. Maybe she's a fraudster or, who, oh, or a con maybe. artist. Or, or maybe she's just, she's just doing it for shits. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. yeah, for whatever reason. But if she's willing to play a pretend wife, it's not unreasonable to assume that she could be uh, willing to, you know, be Monica and pretend to be Meryl. So, yeah, it, it goes pretty deep and it's pretty interesting. But I, I don't think that they were set all in the same universe. I think they were... They're all on NBC. They're all airing at the same time. Mm. I think it was just cross-promotional stuff. Yeah, and, and NBC just, would have made a fortune. Yeah, exactly. They? And yeah. just, I think it was just a bit of fun. Like, just, you know, I, I don't think it was an official decision. Like, these are all in the same universe and we're going to do things to support that idea. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, you know, them sort of just giving each other nods. Yeah. In a way, I think it was just more fun and, you know, promotional, not, not sort of a, a canonical thing. No, I don't think so, no. It was yeah. just, obviously, you know, it was... It was both... All three shows were from NBC. Yeah. And they could just cross-promote Exactly, each other yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was an easy way to, to drum up hype for an episode. Oh, this is the episode where Kramer appears, or this is the episode where Ursula from Friends appears. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then it becomes like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. too crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it's like... Just, if, just, it does make sense. Exactly. Like, yeah. if you own the rights to all those things, you don't have to pay for licensing. There's no complications. It's just like, yeah, we'll chuck a, chuck a Kramer cameo in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I know, right? Just for fun. Just to, to promote an episode and to G, G their own products up so. g it up exactly not that it needed much g up no 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 no, no it's not like that was you know it's not like they were struggling <laughs> no i don't think yeah so. but if you can why not i think it's just a case of like well fuck it why not yeah it's fun let's do it yeah yeah exactly like bid bars fuck it let's do it yeah that's it that's, that's basically out <laughs> that's there us. yeah exactly yeah. except we don't we're not rolling in millions of dollars no no no, no. not yet pay us nbc Please subscribe. Yes, subliminal <laughs> messaging. Please subscribe. Yes, yeah, <laughs> we indeed. love you. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you reckon? A bit of a synopsis about the wife? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. First aired in the US on March 17, 1994. This one was directed by Tom Sharones and written by Peter Melman. Uh, Jerry and his girlfriend Meryl, played by Courtney Cox, they pose as husband and wife so she can receive a 25% family discount on dry cleaning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Marty, the dry cleaner, he's just such a nice guy. He just yeah. offers it. Yep, straight off the bat. He just, you know what I'm going to do for you? Yeah. Yep. No, forget about it. It's done. Okay. Okay, yeah. it's done. Yeah. They both start to bicker as if they're a married couple, and Jerry cheats, quote unquote, on her by giving the dry cleaning discount to another woman named Paula, <laughs> played by Rebecca Glenn. Meanwhile, George is seen urinating in a shower at the health club, one of the worst things you can do. Not that I do it. Um, and he's caught, or rather, George is caught by Elaine's love interest, Greg, played by Scott LaRose. When he realises that Greg is interested in another woman, she helps George avoid being punished by threatening to report Greg for not wiping down the gym equipment after use. And that's one of the golden rules of being in a gym. Universal gym rule. Yeah, you have I've, to wipe it down. I've probably been a member of five gyms, and that's that's rule number one. Rule number one, yeah. Yep. You've got to wipe off the sweat. And according to Elaine, she thinks it's a signal. Yeah. But let me tell you something, Elaine. It's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just inconsiderate. Yes. Meanwhile, Kramer loses sleep because Jerry took his favourite quilt to the dry cleaner so he too could get the discount. He goes to a tanning salon but falls asleep and becomes very dark. Kramer arrives at his African-American girlfriend's family home. Her name is Anna. She's played by Lily Bernard. And they're horrified when they think he's wearing blackface. 
Yeah. I thought you were going to bring home a white guy. He's a damn fool. You know what I see? I see a, I damn, see a damn fool. fool. Yes. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that uh, yesterday, I think, that he was, that. you know, that's why they reacted the way that blackface, they did. Blackface, yeah. he was yeah. wearing blackface. And I mean, yeah, he is. It's obvious that he is. Mm, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't interpret it like that. I didn't interpret that that's how they interpreted it. That's how they interpreted it, yeah. I just thought that, you know, they figured he was an idiot because he had too much tan on. Not, oh. not you know, I didn't, I didn't interpret them taking that as an insult yeah well that, 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 I guess that's the way it is you yeah know? yeah yeah you know I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that I don't understand it mm. I just didn't I just didn't pick up on that yeah and especially in this day and age you couldn't get away with it no you know, no. no way you could pull off a joke like that no not at all no, 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 <laughs> no, no you'd no. be on your ass in a second yeah yeah yep, yep. crazy yeah other secondary characters they include Morty and Helen Seinfeld they make an appearance and also hello Uncle Leo he makes an appearance <laughs> and the dry cleaner as I mentioned before Marty played by Joseph Ragno haven't I always been a good uncle to you haven't I always been a good one he had one. such good penmanship why doesn't anyone tell me these things <laughs> yeah I know he's had such good penmanship yeah do you want to talk about some characters <laughs> let's do it Meryl so she's played by Courtney Cox best known as Monica in the popular sitcom Friends, which I'm sure you know about by now. She's also appeared in the films Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Very, very good film. Great film. Yes. Screams 1 to 4 and the TV series Cougar Town. Yeah. So quite a few uh, notches under her belt. Are you a fan of Scream? Yeah, I do. I like the series. I like how it's just a piss take of like yeah. horror. Yeah. You know, teen slashes, teen horror yeah, it's, genres. Yeah, it's it just, cool that, just takes the piss. Yeah, it's, it's I always liked how Wes Craven... I don't, I don't know if he did all of them. I know he did the first and the fourth one. Maybe someone else did the second and the third oh, one. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's considered a serious film director. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and he would take his craft very seriously, but he, not so yeah. seriously that he can't sort of make fun of... The, the cliches that he sort of created. Yeah, because Wes Anderson's known for a lot of horror films, like iconic ones. Yeah, yeah. you mean Wes Craven. Well, oh, Wes Craven. <laughs> oh. Totally different director. Totally different dude. Yeah. Bloody Imag- Wes. Imagine them collaborating like an art house self-referential horror film. That would just be too much of a head A fart. nightmare on screen. Yeah, <laughs> like a nightmare on screen with like obscure folk bands playing. And yeah, like, pretty much. You know, I don't know, that would just be too weird. <laughs> or if it's like a Rob Zombie Wes Craven oh, collaboration. That would actually work. That would that, work. That would work. <laughs> yeah, it would be like zombies and, and, I don't know, murderers and, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, lots of horror, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so what do you think of Meryl? Meryl, okay, yeah. So I think Meryl, she's very quick-witted, has a good sense of humour, and I like how her and Jerry kind of roll off each other really yeah. nicely. And I love how they bicker like a married couple. I think it's very good. Yeah. yeah it's very funny. Yeah, I think the episode summarises, uh, I guess, what people would assume uh, a marriage is over a, set, over a period of years where mm. there's like the honeymoon period and then there's more of a comfortable period and yeah. then there's, you know, the decline leading to divorce Yes, where resentment builds and it kind of summarizes, it puts that in like a little microcosm in the episode in, in 22 odd minutes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I agree with you in that she's really... I don't know. She's just really bubbly, and she kind of lights up a room. She's always smiling. Yeah, she's always laughing, and she's joking with Jerry as well. Yeah, I think she does. She, yeah, I think she's on his level comedically. Yeah, and Jerry, you know, it's great when Jerry says jokes to Meryl, and then vice versa. You know, just just the the chemistry is great. Yeah, I think they yeah. just raise each other up. Yeah, as a couple, you, you know. raise me up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think if their if their honeymoon period sort of maintained, if she did have an annoying idiosyncrasy or habit or or feature that would normally Jerry off to the point of breaking up with her I think he would overlook it yeah you, you think know. so yeah because I mean he just seemed more comfortable and happier with her at least in the first sort of 
half of the episode mm, yeah until she turns out to be a slob <laughs> yeah exactly a slob yeah yes yeah yes. kind of a slob <laughs> kind of hey can you get me a glass of water yeah why don't you get it i'm <laughs> sitting down i love the bit where um when she's like i'm not stupid i didn't say you did i say you were stupid well wouldn't i have to be <laughs> like just such a good line yeah such a good line yeah mm, yeah I, yeah no I, I i think i think with meryl yeah i think she's a pretty well-rounded character she's she's actually one of my favorite episode girlfriends on the show okay i'll yeah. be interested to see if she makes it into your top 10 yeah i'll be curious too if she does as well okay well you why would you be curious you know of course <laughs> <laughs> and maybe what? you know if if she is or she isn't in my top 10 i don't know i'll you, wait and find you, out you will find out i also think she's um she's quite romantic mm. but she she looks at jerry in this sort of romantic loving way yeah i know it's weird huh it's like they've been together for a few years yeah why they look at each other yeah, yeah that's yeah, right yeah. I think, you know, sort of, you know, I guess they're the positives, but I also think, you know, on the negatives, if you want to call it a negative, whether it's just a prank or whether it's like it speaks to maybe a darker side to her personality, you know, Jerry is offered the discount and it extends to his family and straight away she just says, oh, I'm his wife, like without consulting Jerry. Yeah, I know. And he sort of has to go along with it to, (laughs) you know, to save her embarrassment and and whatnot. Mm. And I mean that, you know, I think some people wouldn't appreciate that. Like someone just going, oh, I'm, I'm his wife. And, you know, then he has to pretend every time he goes in there that he's married. Yeah. You know, and that's a bit, I guess, opportunistic. I mm-hmm. think, just to get some, you know, some bucks off your dry cleaning. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, she sounds like an opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe she's just doing it for fun. You know, just as a bit of a prank, like just a, I don't know, like a troll almost. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. I'm losing my thoughts today. Oh, that's all right. I I also had a theory as well, based on what she was wearing, because you know I like pausing episodes and looking at the the minutia. You sure do. You know, clothes mm. and backgrounds and, and apartments and stuff. I'm one of those people where I just watch it twice, okay. three times, and then that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'll yeah. leave the details for you. Yeah. No, I like to comb over the finer details <laughs> with your comb over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my comb over. No, you yeah. don't have a comb over. No, I don't really have much <laughs> hair at all. Um, I think that she works at a vintage clothing shop or mm. is a vintage buyer and seller. Maybe she has her own shop, like a bo- like a vintage boutique. Interesting. Yeah, and not yeah. just like an op shop, like more of a, an upper class, you know, very selective about the, the vintage clothing that she would wear. Yeah. And the reason I think that is because if you look at all of her clothes that she's wearing and even the clothes that she picks up from the dry cleaning when, um, when uh, the... the uh, when she- the what? When the what? Jeez, don't rush me. <laughs> What's your problem? Oh, when Marty, sorry, Marty, when that's Marty, hello, kind oh, of, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of dobs Jerry in uh, inadvertently, mm. um, saying that the that sort of sexy skimpy leopard print thing, yeah, is from hers. Paula, yeah. yeah, if the clothes that she picks up. Um, they're sort of vintage as well. Like yeah. everything is just like this nice vintage clothing. Mm, so she's a proto hipster. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you could probably call it that. She probably <laughs> lives in Brooklyn. Probably in Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, it's like the hipster capital of uh, of planet Earth. Really, you've been there? No, I just know about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I get enough hipsterism. I live in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. I live in inner city Melbourne, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You, you ride around in your uh, brakeless bike. Exactly. Have your five dollar organic non latte, non milk coffees. Yeah. Your non cow's milk. Yeah. What have you call them? Soy. Yeah. Almond. Just, just black coffee. Yeah, black coffee. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yep. I take it you're a black coffee and grapefruit kind of guy. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So that's Meryl. Yeah. So what did you think of? Uh, I guess Greg, oh. Elaine's love interest. 
dick. Yeah. All I thought was a douche. Uh, he's played by Scott LaRose. He's known for Booty Call and 10 episodes of Life with Louis. And uh, funnily enough, he hasn't had an acting credit since 2006, would you believe? Yeah, I think he moved into more production and writing roles. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what he's done. So, uh, yeah, so Greg, I think with Greg, you know, he's a pilot, which mm-hmm. is, I, I'm guessing, a commercial pilot. You know, he flies jumbo jets and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, He'd I be th- the sort of person to be like, uh, and welcome to, you know, your flight with, I don't know, <laughs> Southwest Airlines. Uh, I'm Greg, you know, and I'll be your pilot today. Uh, the weather in Chicago is uh, yeah. 24 degrees with a wind coming from the south uh, east and uh, I'll check in with you later. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you see sweat on the uh, passenger seat, <laughs> yeah. just uh, it's, don't wipe it off. Yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> it's and not, does uh, anyone know where I could get some good olives? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, just come up to the cockpit and knock on the door and uh, we'll, yeah. we'll uh, have a chat. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, folks. Good good point about the olives. Yeah, yeah. I love when Elaine thinks it's a signal. Yeah. You know, and, she's, and she's like, oh, he's got he got a project. This yeah. Good. This is a signal. <laughs> I think Greg's one of those. He's a real tease, right? Yeah. I think he really, like, I think with he sends mixed messages to Elaine. Like, he open mouth kisses her, mm. but then when she offers him water, he wipes down the water bottle, like the, the lid, yeah. before he drinks it. Do you and think he's like, just... Well, fucking with her intentionally i don't like know as a form of control or just to sort of string her along Do i you think, think he's i think he's a bit unaware actually i think really he, yeah i don't know I, okay. I something tells me he's just well i guess no probably not actually maybe he's leading her on yeah Cause I, i'd imagine as a pilot i'm guessing a single pilot mm. he'd fly around the world and have women everywhere yeah he's probably yeah. got probably got a, a lady friend in lots of different places yeah he wants another notch in his belt yeah so, uh, yeah lane's uh, the target until he sees the blonde lady yeah i think he's definitely sort of a you know, like if he sees something that he thinks is better, he just moves on to that straight yeah, away. Straight away, yeah. Yeah, he's not very considerate. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's intentional or not, he's just a bit of a inconsiderate douche. I think he's a bit of a misogynist as well. I think yeah. when he when he open mouth kisses Elaine, you know, he basically thinks, oh, she's up for it. Okay. You do know? you think he just assumes that women want to kiss him because he's a pilot? Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's kind of good looking. He's yeah, tall. he's a handsome guy. Yeah. You know, he's in pretty good shape. You see yeah. him working out at the gym. Do you think he's just got a big ego? And I think I think he has that. Him? Yeah, I think he has that misogynist mentality of they're asking for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, because you're a woman, you're up for it. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. misogynist. Yeah. No, I I didn't think of that, but that that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Definitely a narcissist. Yeah, narcissist. Definitely. Yeah, yep. in in a lot of ways, the complete opposite of uh, of Meryl. Yeah, you know, yeah. she she's someone you want to be around. Greg, no, <laughs> not so much. Not at all. No. Yeah. Um, did you have anything else on Greg? No, overall, he's just a dick. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, he catches George in the act of urinating. Well, not necessarily him pissing like him pissing but mm. you know the way that the gym you know how the gym showers you know when they, they don't have drains per se but they got like that little passageway thing at the front not a passageway but it's kind of like a half pipe thing yeah where the liquid goes like yeah it all sort of just runs down into like a drain at the end yeah, yeah. I, I reckon maybe greg caught george mm. by he was probably downstream from george okay. so to speak and then he saw urine and he's like what the fuck is this oh. he gets out of the bathroom and then he sees george coming out like two seconds later and he's like okay hmm I guess that would assume that he was the only person, and George was the only other person in the shower. Because if it was, if there was three people next to him, how would you know? How would you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless if the other guy was downstream even further. That's true. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, and I, I think uh, he could have smelt it as well because, mm, you know, pee, pee is quite fragrant. It is potent and fragrant, yeah. If, uh, if George ate some asparagus for lunch or something. <laughs> or or for pineapple. Or pineapple, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that something else? Oh, yeah. anyway, another bodily any, liquid. Yeah, oh, anyway. I thought it was urine as well. Maybe. Okay. I, don't, I don't know enough okay. about how food affects bodily, uh, bodily fluids. <laughs> anyway. We'll say asparagus, yes. Yeah, yeah, asparagus. I know asparagus. I can. That's something I've proved to myself. <laughs> um, we all have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It affects everyone it doesn't discriminate yeah um yeah and and he obviously doesn't appreciate you know people pissing in communal showers which no. is which is understandable makes perfect sense yeah i mean even though he's a bit of a dick i i think he has a good point about george yep, would you yep. if you if you saw that if you witnessed something similar to that in a gym like peeing or just someone doing something gross that they shouldn't do would you dob them in to try and get them banned from the gym? Or I, would you, I'd probably would you, confront them. Yeah. And say, what are you doing? Yeah, I think you it's know, better to, to go up to them and be like, dude, just don't, just don't pee in the shower. Just don't pee in the shower, dickhead. Yeah. And then he's like, it wasn't me. Yeah. Like, and, yes, it was. And usually in gyms as well, like showers are in the same same part as the toilets. Mm. Like Elaine says, why don't you hold it in? And and George doesn't want to hold it in because it it's can damage It's not good it. for the kidneys. Yeah, which is, you know, which is fair enough. Mm. Go just hop out, like turn the shower off. Go to the toilet, do a pee, and come back and finish your shower. Spot on. Like, there's just no reason for it. You know, people. Bloody. But you know, we are talking about George. We've got to. We've got course. to remember that. <laughs> of course. You know, we're we're assuming that you know he's he's normal, but he's not. No, he's not. He's just a freak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Greg. Uh, next up, Marty, the dry cleaner, played by Joseph Ragno. He's known for the Shawshank Redemption, The Phantom, and Daylight. Shawshank Redemption is my favorite movie ever, man. Really? Yeah, it's great. I'd say it's top ten. It's pretty pretty good. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, when when he tunnels through the shit. It's yeah. Just like. Yeah, it's a good scene when the camera goes up above him, you know, when he's like, he comes out of the pipe. He does. You know, and he's like, he's just got his hands up in like just pure happiness or pure pure joy. And the camera, that camera is really powerful. Yeah. With him like, you know, being covered in rain and stuff. It's, I know. Yeah, great Getting film. the shit. It's all symbolic. The shit is his life in prison. Yeah, it's and like... And the rain is like redemption. Yeah. Shawshank redemption. Oh, he's being redeemed. The, sh- the Shawshit redemption. <laughs> Shawshank. <laughs> the Shitshank redemption. <laughs> or the Shawshank redemption. Pooshank redemption. The Pooshank redemption. That's so good. Come back. And the sequel, <laughs> Shawshank redemption 2, come back for a second wife. <laughs> yeah, he, get, he, gets, um, he gets deported from Mexico back to the US. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, and they have to, I don't know. We could go on, but we won't. We could. The Shawshank Redemption. St- <laughs> I'm never going to not watch that and think that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always going to think that. Thanks a lot. You've ruined the Shawshank Redemption got, for me. I got poo in your mind. Uh, yeah, have a, have the O'Henry Candy Bar or the Junior Mints that yeah. you brought into the studio. They're, they're our new, they're our new uh, what do you call them? Uh, things bits of paraphernalia new paraphernalia in the studio yeah on top of our rocket space pen and our display puffy shirt display cabinet yeah 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 i think it's like a little plastic display thing thing. yeah Yeah, case yeah yeah Yeah. we have junior mints and i know henry that Stephen got yeah Mm. yeah um tempting to eat but we won't no we won't take it a bit easy well you can't eat it anyway so no that's true (laughs) and temporarily we've removed uh well i've removed sign language so i can actually read it the book that jerry wrote in the early 90s oh yeah yeah that that, that's part that's an on that's an ornament for the uh the office ornament that's the an ornament yeah that's what i was yeah yeah yeah. i think we're overthinking that i think so too anyway marty (laughs) <laughs> Back to, I think we got a bit off track. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's pretty normal for us. I know, indeed. Yeah, so I, I really like Marty. Yeah, I think I like him too. I, I think he's the typical maybe Italian-American guy, second, third generation. Mm-hmm. I think the dry cleaning business was either his or his father's or grandfather's, and he just 
or maybe his father's most likely. Okay. And he probably brought the, you know, continued on with the business. Yeah. Uh, his wife passed away eight years ago, well, mm. at the time of the episode. And uh, yeah, I think maybe it was a family-run business. Yeah, I agree. I think I think yeah. when she was around, she um she worked there with him. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I think they, they both worked there for most of their sort of working lives. Mm, yeah, I think I think, so. I think they're just both working class, probably second or third uh, generation uh, Italian Americans, like yeah. you said. Yeah. yeah, everything you said, I basically agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his prices are quite steep, aren't they? Yeah, and that made me think. Like, and he's not willing to budge. Like when when Paula, who we'll talk about soon, comes mm. in and and asks how much it is to to dry clean some clothes. I think he looks at them and just says, oh, it's $13. And she's sort of a bit, oh, I can't really mm. uh, afford that. Yeah. You know, which would make me think he's a bit more expensive than the other uh, dry cleaners in the area. Yeah. But that would make me think that, you know, because dry cleaning in America is such a big sort of thing. It's a big not really, business, it's, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's not really much of a thing here. Like you dry clean suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. But dry cleaning is like the idea of dry cleaning is sort of so prevalent in like sitcoms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's such a common setting for just things that happen in America, especially in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think everyone doesn't like washing machines yeah, over there. Yeah, it must <laughs> just be like cheap and easy. And yeah, Anyway. Who knows? Um, hey, tell us about it. If you want to get in touch with us at Bidwabask or send us an email, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Is dry cleaning prevalent where you are in the US? Yeah. It's particularly our American listeners or even any other listener around the world? I'm curious. Yeah. Do you dry clean? That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, that made that made me think that maybe his uh, his quality is a bit better. Yeah, you know, he's and he's probably because you know we're assuming he's been around for a long time and you know it's, it was his father's business. Yep, and it was handed down to him. Yep, um, you know he's got a bit of a, a brand recognition going on. Like people see his dry cleaner, Marty's dry cleaning, or whatever it's called. Yeah, they, they know that they're gonna you know get some. You know, it's going to be really dry and really clean. High quality to premium price with old fashioned service. Exactly. But God, you, I miss that. Yeah, yeah, it would be nice if that still existed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I, I, I really like Marty. Just salt of the earth, no bullshit. Yeah, yep. and he was very flattered, and he was very happy when Jerry found the uh, locket. Yeah, the jacket. Yeah, that was know? a really kind gesture. I think, I think some people would be really thankful and then just leave it at that. And yeah, not yeah. sort of reward or, or, or show appreciation by an actual gesture. Yeah, I think Marty was really impressed. Yeah, wasn't definitely. He? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and that would make that makes me think that he obviously loved his wife and still sort of covets her memory very deeply. Mm, very much and so. Very strongly. Yeah, you know, even eight years. Uh, eight years later so it's interesting though he says this is all I have left of her and it's like surely you'd have more than that unless he was sort of just being figurative maybe like this is this is her memory or I don't yeah. know or maybe he was a house fire and he lost everything that's true yeah it was just an interesting <laughs> line I thought surely you would have something, yeah, like, something more than just yeah. a locket photos or whatever yeah or yeah. her possessions or whatever yeah. I don't know I guess yeah it's symbolic yeah I suppose yeah so the next character, the owner of Monks, he's never credited with a name. He appears in quite a few episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he he lays down the law with the maple syrup, doesn't he? And yeah. any other sauces and condiments. Yep, no syrups. Oh, syrups. Uh, syrups. 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 Jams. Syrups. Syrups. It's like S U R P S. Syrups. Jams or condiments. That's it. That's we it. don't uh we don't allow any syrups, condiments <laughs> or jams in the cafe. Yeah. And if I, I see it again, I'm going to have to confiscate it. I will confiscate it. I will it. confiscate it. Yeah. No one. No one messes with him he just he just says his piece and everyone yep. just complies and also in the soup nazi our first ever episode he actually makes an appearance he does but he, he it's a non-speaking he's uh, in the role. background he's in the background but when schmoopy and jerry and susan and george make out in the booth mm. he's about to walk up and the scene cuts right so you know shit's going to go down he's probably going to go up and go hey this isn't a brothel 
Yeah. You know, or a bordello. A Stop it. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. this isn't a bordello. Yeah. You know, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting to see what he would have said to them. Yeah. It's probably yeah. a deleted scene. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was played by Lawrence Manley, um, and he's more of a stage actor okay. than, than, yep. a, than a film actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has been Shameless, really great TV show, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Lost. Uh, mad About You, funnily enough. Oh, there you go. Um, and ER. And, uh, yeah, like like we said, he means business. One thing I had about him as well, and I, I watched another older episode where he appears. I can't even remember which one. Yeah. He's quite stylish. Mm. In in this episode, he's wearing like a really sort of flashy, not, not like high fashion, but just sort of flashy, impressive college shirt. Yeah. And he's got the button down. I mean, mm. that could be for practical reasons. Maybe he's in and, the kitchen he's the, hot. Or he's the manager, yeah. I, I suppose, or one would yeah. think an authority at the cafe. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. he just looks like he dresses well and he has a bit of style. So mm. I am going to say that outside of Monks, he plays in a band. I just, in a band? Yeah. I think he plays in like a soul band outside okay. of Monks. Yeah. Cool. Based purely on his style. He looks like he would play in a, in a cool band. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good theory. Yeah. 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 So that's all I had about him. Did yeah. I, I didn't have any notes about him. Okay. <laughs> and what about uh, Paula? Yeah. Uh, Jerry's, Paula. Jerry's, Jerry's second side lady. Side lady. Yeah. Side that's squeeze. right. With the leopard panty or the leopard uh, nightgown. The yeah. Leopard skin. Oh, leopard. Something, some Spotted. sort of risque. Yeah, very risque. Yes, definitely. Yeah, she's I a very, very I, sensual woman. She is. I reckon, Paula. Yes. She is. And plus, she's French. I think they're sensual. Yeah, I mean, that just automatically makes you sensual. It does. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so, she's played by director and actress Rebecca Glenn, and she's known for The Firm and Beyond the Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, first thing I thought about her was that $13 is a bit steep. Yeah, um, when Marty quotes her, her dry cleaning, a dry cleaning price. Oh yeah, which would make me think that you know, and she's French, so maybe she's a student, or maybe she's travelling on a budget. On a budget, yeah, shoestring budget by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, thirteen bucks, you know, it, it might be a bit of coin for some people, but you know, you you got to assume that a competing dry cleaner might be 10 bucks yeah so really exactly. it's three bucks two or three bucks four bucks maybe and you'll pay two three dollars more for quality yeah exactly yeah, but yeah. for her you know two or three bucks is is enough for her to not uh, get her clothes dry clean there so yeah, yeah yeah she's obviously you know restrained by um you know by financial means in of some course way. yeah of course and and she falls in love with jerry basically straight away at first sight it's in the eyes it's in the eyes yeah the eyes have it yeah, yeah, the eyes have it. They sure do. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, she's got quite, uh, quite nice eyes, and I think like Meryl, she's a bit of a romantic as well. Mm. You can really see into her soul. Yeah, here, with the eyes, can't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder if it's a coincidence. Maybe Jerry brings, you know, attracts the romantic women. Maybe. Who knows? Well, he's had several episode girlfriends. That's true. And they've all had different personalities. So, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe a coincidence then. Yes. Yeah. I. Uh, the reason I think she's a romantic is that uh, she initially sort of rejects Jerry or says that, you know, she doesn't want to be the, the reason for her, uh, for his marriage to be, you know, she doesn't want to be a home wrecker. She basically. plays hard to get, I guess. No. No? No, no. I, I don't think she, I don't think she's is playing that what hard you mean? to get. Oh. No, no. She doesn't want to be, you know, a home wrecker. A home wrecker. Gotcha. Even though it's a pretend marriage for dry cleaning. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry chases after her and says, you know, I won't let you go or something like that. And then she eventually gives in. So I think she likes the idea of being fought for, uh-huh. which kind of sort of ties back into that, you know, sort of a classic romantic notion of yeah. never giving up and pursuing and, you know, persistence and stuff. Of course. Of yeah. course. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then they eventually she gets the discount and then uh, Meryl, his wife, goes in and checks gets the dry cleaning and she sees the leopard skin nighty. It all unravels. It all unravels. The plot. And, and before, like going back to Meryl, I like how Jerry and Meryl's 
they amicably break up. Yeah. You know? It's not like a, you know, sometimes they're very overdramatic and, you know, whenever they break up with, you know, Jerry breaks up with his girlfriend or whatever. I find that it, it was very refreshing to see a very amicable breakup. Yeah, it was just really easy. Like, you know, you go your way, I go mine. Yep. Nice to know you. We had fun. Yeah. Have a then, nice life. And what does Jerry say? We'll always have pancakes. We'll always have pancakes. Yeah, and it yeah. sort of ends on like a, a positive note. It does. Which yeah. it was very refreshing to see. Yeah. 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 But Meryl kind of blames it. Well, she initially sort of lashes out at Jerry, like, how could you? Yeah. And then she goes, no, no, it was my fault. I put too much pressure on you. She blames herself. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is a bit unfair on herself because Jerry cheated on her. She yeah. didn't do anything well, wrong. Well, cheated with the dry cleaning. Yeah. And, 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 and he kissed Paula. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have any reason to blame herself. So. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, no. So, did you have anything else about any of the other characters? No, that was about it. What about yourself? Yeah, I've just got a couple of notes on um, Anna, who's uh, Kramer's episode girlfriend. She oh, only yes. appears in two scenes, very briefly. Played by Lily Bernard. That's right. So she is a Cuban-born, uh, Los Angeles-based uh, visual artist and actor, and she's actually had a really interesting life. So. Um, a lot of her, her art and, and her, her activism is, is tied in with uh, sexism, sexism and racism and sort of representation of minorities in those in those worlds, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. She, yep. she's a mother of six children. And I guess... Six what she, children? Six children Whoa. within a 10-year span. So <laughs> she... she uh, was she a... <laughs> I was going to say, that's, uh, that's quite, quite good. Yeah, well that's, done. It's quite productive. Well done. Yeah. Um, and she runs an organization called Baylor, B-A-I-L-A, Black Artists in Los Angeles, and also another organization called Hubla, H-A-B-L-A, which stands for Harvesting Asian Black Latino Artists. Nice. The word harvesting is interesting. So, yeah, harvesting but, organs, harvesting people. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I understand why the word was chosen, but it's just, you know, harvesting is not the word. No, I wouldn't but, think so. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, not, not the right context. Well, different context, yeah, it, it but just, not, not, it not, just the, context, up, it not just, the context that you're familiar with. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Like, she's obviously trying to find artists, but you think of, like, farms of they, course you know like crops or organs or organs yeah <laughs> just not 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 finding talented artists exactly <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah odd yeah, uh, yeah. and unfortunately the reason why she's most famous i guess in the last you know in in recent recent memories she was one of the women who who filed a sexual assault complaint against bill cosby yes one of what 50 or 60 alleged victims yeah yeah yeah, yeah something like that mm-hmm. so she um she filed in 2015 um but unfortunately for her prosecutors declined to um count it amongst one of the claims yeah like officially against him like it was still on record but it wasn't considered in his case sure, sure. um New Jersey, the, the state that she filed the claim in, has no statute of limitations, but because the alleged offence happened in the 80s when she actually appeared on some episodes of The Cosby Show, mm. um, that was before the, the rule of no statute of limitations was put in place, which was in 96. Yeah. So because it happened before the fact, they couldn't count it, which would be, I imagine in that in that situation, would be quite heartbreaking. Yeah, so bit bit of a... Bit of a, a sad reason to be well known, but mm, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, back to her, her her character. So she plays Anna, and I found her to be kind of like Meryl in a way, like pretty fun. She's always smiling, um, and yeah, quite vivacious. I liked her. Yeah, yeah, she was pretty good, even though she had a cup only a couple of scenes. Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, there's good. there's yeah. not a lot to work with, but mm. she just had this sort of infectious, fun energy, and I think she like giggles when Kramer says something. So. I don't know. I reckon she'd be one, you know, a person to go out with and just have a lot of fun with. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say so, yeah. Yep, and that's all I have about any of the, the characters. Fantastic. Good work, Stephen. And that was Season 5, Episode 17, The Wife. And uh, when we come back, we're going to see where The Wife sits in our current episodes that we've reviewed so far. And 
if any of the characters have made our top ten, Stephen or mine. And uh, a bit after that, before we wrap up, uh, I have a Seinfeldism, Stephen, for the first time in many weeks. It's so, been a long time. It's been a very long time. So uh, we'll talk about that. And Stephen's Seinfeldisms straight after this, and you're on. But I don't want to be a secondary character. What do you want me to do? Talk to him. How can I do that? You said the guy gave you an open lip kiss. Yes, but then he wiped his hand on the top of the bottle when I offered him water. <laughs> You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And today we talked about Season 5, Episode 17, The Wife, which some pretty solid secondary characters, Stephen. Yeah, a good good selection. So we've got some nice people, some jerks, you know, some middle-of-the-road, you know, sweet people. Yeah. yeah good, good, good representation of uh, the human psyche. Indeed. And every week when we do an episode, we put it into our charts, or I guess our top ten, if it makes it. So uh, Steve and I have separate lists, and we've reviewed so far 23 episodes of Seinfeld, uh, not including our What's the Deal Withs, and uh, for me, The Wife, out of 23 episodes, sits in at number 18. So not a classic episode, a few good bits in it, but one which I wouldn't really go back to. I mean, if it was on, like, Foxtel, or if it was on, you know, somewhere, you Mm. know, a rerun on on free-to-air TV or something, I'd probably watch it again, but... I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same. So for me, it uh, jumped in at number 20. 20, okay. Out of, out 20. of 23. Yep. Yeah, out of 23. So we have watched episodes I've uh, I've I've liked less. Yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, not, not a, overall, not a strong episode, but some strong characters and some strong moments. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but not, not cons- just highly inconsistent. Yeah, mm, and I yeah. think I think Courtney Cox as a, as an actress and the character that she played elevated it without without yeah, yeah. her. She really made it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. she took she it good. from if if Courtney Cox wasn't in it, I think um, it would have been ranked lower on my list. Oh, okay, fair and enough. She elevated it just that more, you know, just that bit more, just that bit more. And for me, Stephen Merrill, her character actually makes my top ten. Really? Yeah. So I'll start from number ten. Uh, Sid Fields from The Old Man. Number nine, Bob and Cedric from The Soup Nazi and The Puerto Rican Day from a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, number eight, Lloyd Braun. Number seven is Merrill. Wow. Yes, she's at number seven. Okay. So, uh, yeah, she's a good character, very solid, and one of my favourite episode girlfriends okay. ever on the show. Yeah. So she's good. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Top, top person. Indeed. Number five is Bookman from the library. Four is Newman. Three is Susan. Two is the Soup Nazi. And one is my man, Frank Costanza. What about you, Steve? Is Meryl or any other character make it into your list? No. No. no not, not this episode. I do like Meryl, but uh, not, not enough for her to enter my top ten. Oh, so she's like Maroon Golf the other day. She just yeah, she's outside Golf's your top ten. Yeah, Maroon Golf's 11. Yeah. And uh, who was number 12? Uh, from last from, week. From the oh, limo. Man at the airport. From the limo, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a clock over there's there. There's a clock over there. <laughs> He's number there's 12. There's a clock on the wall. So where would Meryl, if you had a hypothetical uh, top 20 or 30, where would she go? Uh, I'll go top 20, maybe like 17, 18. Okay. Yeah, so it, yeah. Not, not a dud, but no. just not, 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 not in the top 10. Not quite memorable, as yeah. memorable. Yep. So I won't list my top 10 because I did the last few episodes. If you want to know what they are, just go back and listen to episode 26 and 27. Yes, please. Um, but my number one is Alton Bennis. Yeah, he's your man. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah. your, the, 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 the top, I just wanted to mention the top few episodes. We didn't touch on that before. Oh, that yeah. Our so top far. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so my, my top? top three, yeah. uh, The Baby Shower, The Stakeout, and last week's episode, The Limo. The Limo. That's your number one. Yeah. Yeah, rocketed to number one. For me, number three is The Soup Nazi, two's The Puffy Shirt, and one's The Outing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Yep. There you go. Yeah, I, I notice I tend to like the older episodes. And I like more the mid-range episodes. Yeah, and, and I think like some the, later ones. Yeah, the, the, the golden age. Yeah. yeah. But even the Bizarro Cherries in season eight, that's number four for me. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah, very out there episode, but I loved it. Yeah, so, my, that's uh, number 12 on my list, so mm, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So you said you had a Seinfeldism this week. Yeah, I know. First time in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I went to Max Brenner, which is like a chocolate bar, mm. you know, chocolate cafe where mm. you can get coffees and hot chocolates and milkshakes and you yeah. can buy like gift boxes of chocolates and all that kind of crap. Yeah. I looked at the menu. I had a milkshake. I ended up having a milkshake. Was it delicious? It was pretty good, actually. Okay. Anyway, this isn't product placement. <laughs> We're not getting paid for this podcast, so it's all good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so one of the items on the menu, Steve, which I couldn't believe, chocolate cinnamon bobka. Wrong. As in mixed together. Wrong, you wrong. You either have to have chocolate or cinnamon. Exactly. Yeah. Seinfeld established the rule in the 90s. Why are they breaking it? Yeah, in the dinner party episode. You exactly. Know, Jerry wanted the cinnamon one. Elaine wanted the chocolate. It's clearly stated and agreed upon. Yeah. Not just by the characters <laughs> in the show, but by us and the yeah. public at large. Yes. That cinnamon is the lesser bobka. The lesser bobka. Why would yes. you dilute a chocolate bobka by putting the cinnamon bullshit in it? I know. It makes no sense. Maybe they only had enough ingredients to make, you know, like half half a normal batch of, of each. <laughs> so they combine them. Yeah. Maybe, there's, maybe the manager was like a Seinfeld fan. Yeah. Who knows? And he wanted to combine his love of bumper and Seinfeld into but if one. He, but if he was a Seinfeld fan, he would follow the rules. <laughs> yeah, he'd have chocolate or cinnamon. Maybe he hates Seinfeld. Maybe, maybe. he's a Friends fan. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or a Mad About You fan. Maybe. I don't, there's not too many of them these days. Yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you mad about bumpers? Oh, extremely. Yeah. <laughs> and black and white cookies. Yeah. No, you can't be mad about black and white cookies. Ah, they're great. They bring people together. Exactly. Unity. Look to the cookie. Look to the cookie. Yep. Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's a pretty good Seinfeldism. That's a good comeback. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good welcome back to to the world of Seinfeldism. And so. the jerk store definitely didn't call. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and the comeback. Nice. What about you, Stephen? Any Seinfeldisms for you? Yeah. So I've got two. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one involved a, a chat to my housemate. Um, she was doing the dishes. I was in my kitchen, and uh, I can't remember how the conversation started, but we started talking about hair and oh. how people sort of find it gross and unhygienic if, if they find hair in their food. And it reminded me, and it was almost in some ways line for line, um, or it mentioned a lot of the same, uh, you know, the same weird things that Jerry does in in a stand-up routine for an episode. I can't remember which one, but he's talking about how people love hair. You know, when it's on a head, like people want to touch it, they want to comb it, yeah. they wash it, yeah. you know, they like it being touched because it feels nice. But as soon as there's one stray hair in a bit of food, that's it. Even though it's done. harmless, it's done. not going to do anything, yeah. people lose their shit. It's done. Yeah. yeah and how it's just such a weird contradiction. And uh, yeah, we had a, a really similar conversation to that. So that was that was humorous to me. I tried to... to she, she, my housemate's not a fan of Seinfeld. Yeah. She just doesn't know much about it. And I was trying to like explain it to her and I just... It just... Yeah. Just, it was done. Yeah. It, yeah. It it's, just, a, it's a show which you have to kind of warm to and you yeah. gotta kind of understand. Yeah. 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 I tried to like G up, you know, oh my God, this is like a weird meta Seinfeld moment. We're talking about what Jerry talks about in the stand-up and she's just like, okay, I'm just going to do the dishes and <laughs> not it. understand what's going on. And the second one, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and the last few weeks, I think I've mentioned that there's been Seinfeld references on at least one podcast per week. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And the same yeah. thing happened this week. So I listened to a Vice podcast. It's called Munchies. It's like their food podcast. And last week they had Action Bronson. Oh, a, the rapper. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a former chef now, pretty well known rapper. Mm. Um, in the podcast, he was eating um, and talking to the to the host of the podcast, and he was eating mango on a stick. 
He was describing a situation that I think happened that morning or maybe the night before. Yeah. Um, where he was eating mango and, as he said, having sex with his lady. Yeah. And he said when he was eating mango and having sex at the same time, and this is, <laughs> this is one of the best things I've heard in a long time, he said he was on some George Costanza shit. Oh, yeah. Referencing, uh, what's the episode where he's eating in bed? Like he's, It's like a season eight or nine oh, episode. Oh, that's the blood. We did an episode yes, of that. Yes, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's what he was referencing. Yeah, yeah, food yeah, and yeah, sex. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and he tries to bring TV, the trifecta, into yeah, it, but it, just, it doesn't it work. It just fails. Yeah, then the blood. That was, um, right. I think, episode nine of season one, I think. Okay. Yeah, You've got yeah, a yeah, much yeah. better memory than me. Yeah, but just, oh, yeah. Just the way he says is like, I was on some George Costanza shit. Yeah, it was in our first season. Yeah. We talked about the blood. Yeah. So they're my Seinfeldisms for the week. Nice, man. Really cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, a good one to finish on. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Pretty good. Nice. So that wraps up another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. So thank you again for listening. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. And uh, please subscribe. And if you know any Seinfeld fans uh, who want to listen to a different kind of podcast about Seinfeld, uh, just let them subscribe. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We yeah. are available on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcast if you want to get in touch with us we've got an email address bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com uh, and social media as well at bidwabask and you can listen to all of our episodes and, and uh, chat to us on our website too bidwabask.com so subscribe listen spread the word and review us that would be amazing that would be fantastic and next week we're going to talk about the episode The Beard from season 6 yeah another selection of mine yeah it's a good one and Beard if you a have a selection episode. always get in touch with us and uh, yeah if you have an episode you want us to talk about in particular the secondary characters we'd love to hear from you yeah we've done a few fan requests so we have yeah yeah especially recently too in the last 4 or 5 episodes yeah. we've done I think 2 fan at requests at least 2 so, at least yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so get in touch if you want us to do anything. Yes, please. Yeah, so thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you on next week. Yeah, my name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. See you then. Bye. <laughs>